Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> What's up, dude? What's going on, cousin? <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I've never done one of these before, so um, thanks for having me on. I guess that's what everybody says. Bro, I'd be popping so many cherries on here. It's ridiculous. How, many, watch- have these, how many have these have you done so far? Uh, we're about 25 deep. Hmm. Invested. Yeah, I like it. I like this style. It's, it's just fun to do, man. Watch this. After this, you'll be addicted, bro. You got to be careful. Everybody wanting two shows, everybody wanting two episodes, and, you know, got to get in line. Well, I guess you'll have to tag my email so they can help my inquiries. <laughs> I could plug in whatever you want. Um, can you hear me good? Yeah, I hear you perfect. And you have a good connection? Yep, I got my 5G Wi-Fi, so we're good. 5G Wi-Fi, cool. Well, let's rock, dude. What do you want to talk about? You know, I've never really, I wanted to ask you, where does the the name Asai come from? Oh. Why are you called Asai? Oh man, if you know, you know. Now, um, it was funny, that all started because when I went to uh, this jiu-jitsu gym, Supremacy, that's like when I first got back into training again. There happened to be three other Kevins in that class. Well, three total, like me and two other Kevins. And every time they called, like, Kevin, all three of us would walk forward. You know, like, if people were calling out partners and they're like, Kevin, or, or someone said Kevin, like, all three of us would react. And in Jiu-Jitsu, typically there's, like, white geese and blue geese and sometimes black. But I always wore blue. All my geese were blue pay attention because this is going to all tie together right so (laughs) it's an uneventful story but like basically since my last name is barry one day when professor called me kevin i said you know you guys could just call me barry like some people call me barry and all the brazilian dudes said acai because that's like a brazilian fruit berry like a super fruit and then all the brazilians in there went acai and like just from there it's on, stuck. it stuck. Yeah, it was like just I'm like stuck like wet mud. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Like I was pretty much like, eh, it could definitely be worse, bro. Uh, you got to kind of like, you got to kind of take it how it is because it could easily be uh, one of them names you don't want to stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was gonna say that could easily happen, man. Because it seems like when nicknames happen, they stick, and you get stuck with one that you don't like, you're kind of screwed. It's kind of funny because whenever Brazilians, like, whenever they're they're all, like, speaking Portuguese or, like, I hear acai, and they all, like, kind of smirk and look over. Like, it's kind of like a – it's, like, kind of funny to them, I guess. I don't know. But I'll take it like a superfood, bro. It's kind of a compliment. So, yeah. from being a blue gee and last name being Barry, I think that's what happened. Somebody said blue berry, and then one of the, the – couple of the – oh, a couple of the – Portuguese guys in there said acai at the same time and then it became like a acai and it just stuck. So gotcha. I'm brand, I'm branded. Gotcha. <laughs> so 
Yeah, man, we were uh, talking the other day and we started talking about your surgery. And I thought it'd be pretty interesting because in the martial arts realm, especially in the grappling side of things, I mean, all side of things have like injuries, but like the grapplers have like bad luck with uh, joints and, you know, as you could imagine, vertebrae. Mm -hmm. And it's something like, you know, a lot of the wrestlers have like neck problems. And then, you know, I have my neck problem from my car accident. A lot of guys have lower back issues. A lot of guys get sciatic pain. Um, you know, and if you train long enough, you're almost always injured. And I thought it'd be really interesting to have you on and talk about like some of, I mean, not just bullshit. I mean, obviously just bullshit as well, but like kind of brush up on like your experience with the, um, the surgery because. Right. Right. Okay. So first of all, I think if you can make it to age 30 and not have any type of injury at all, just from living a, a normal life, you'd be considered lucky in my opinion. I mean, it just seems like the there's so many, I mean, as amazing as the human body is, there's so many parts of it that are compromised. Yeah. So I don't know. With that said, I think this really just stems from work because um, for anyone who doesn't know me, first of all, I'm your little cousin. Yep. That's usually how I describe myself to your friends or your friend group. I'm Kevin Barry's <laughs> little cousin. Do you I'm like that? Okay. Do you like that? Yeah. Is it, I mean, it's, is it weird if I like tell people like, oh, this is my little cousin Bryce? Like, if I introduce you, like, even my brother, I don't really introduce like this is my brother. I'll just be like, hey, this is Logan. <laughs> uh, I guess it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It just kind of sticks. And I like, even if you don't say that, I'll be like, yeah, I'm Kevin Barry's little cousin. Okay. So, yeah, it works. I never I know. know if it's, like, kind of just, I don't know. I don't know why I've always just kind of been like, well, he's Bryce. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of clicks because when I say it, people are like, oh, okay. Like, they know right away. But, yeah, anyway, going back to my injury, I have a, or had, I guess, had or have, because I had surgery now, a herniated disc in my lower lumbar, which I believe that's L5S1. And for anyone who's thinking about moving pianos, I wouldn't suggest it because that's what I what I did for work for a long time. Piano mover. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lifting heavy objects is, you know, but there was never uh, any point in time where I was like, I lifted a piano and I was like, oh, there it is. Like agonizing pain. Like that was it. Like or a pop or anything. It was just like, one day I was riding in that bumpy truck, that box truck, and it just like slowly, I don't know if it was just like one day, I just noticed like this this pain in my lower left buttock area and it was just radiating pain and it wouldn't go away and, you know. Um, I was going to ask you about the same exact thing. Was it around the time that I was working there it started kicking in or was it kicking in before that? I think it was a little bit before that but okay. i really i really noticed that when i start when my work up that box truck you know it's one of those isuzu um i don't know what kind of style it's called like it sits over the cab sits over the motor and those things are just super bumpy as you know you worked in it with me for a little while dude that thing was freaking rough yeah so and you know 
at this you, point in time, I didn't really know what it was. And it just so happened that you and I actually delivered a piano on Christmas Eve to a orthopedic spine surgeon. And I was like, at this point, you know, I was like, kind of escaped the pain. I was taking ibuprofen around the clock just to be somewhat comfortable. And I was telling him what it was. And, you know, the fir his first initial impression actually turned out to be a, a real nice guy. He's, he's the one who actually ended up doing the surgery on me, but he, uh, he thought it was something else. He thought it was, um, uh, it's another joint. I can't think of the name, you know, cause he's, he's thinking in, in his head, this guy's so young, he's 25 years old. There's no way he's got a back herniation. But anyway, we got an MRI done and he's like, yeah, man, you got a herniated disc and it's bad and it looks pretty bad. I was like, all right, well, what can we do? And he said, well, the first thing we can do we want to take a conservative conservative approach and we'll do steroid injections and i was like all right let me think about it so like anyone with half a brain does goes home does a little bit of research on it makes a decision if you want to do it or not so i went ahead and did it first one worked really well i got a lot of relief from it and then it wore off so you know i just i guess tried a second one and the second one well, let me just say the first one I got relief for about two to three months. And then the second one, actually going back to the first one, sorry, I'm all over the place here, but uh, he was, I was laying down on the table, um, butt up in the air, you know, laying on my stomach and they shoot the lidocaine in there, numb it up. And then he sticks this, you know, I didn't look, but he sticks this giant ass needle in there. that has got the, whatever steroids in there that numbs you up or reduces the inflammation. And all of a sudden I just feel this jolt all the way down to my toe, like from my, from my leg all the way down to my toe. And it's just felt like lightnings. The only way I could describe it, like I got struck by lightning only in my leg. And the uh, only thing I could do is like, ow, like instant reaction. And he's like, Hey, you got to sit still because I got this needle in your back. And if you move, you know, I could really damage your nerve. So anyway, I think the first one worked so well because he was right there on my nerve and that's where the, the issue stemmed from. So, mm. yeah, um, like I told you before, like I've, uh, cause I got one in my neck and from my research and I don't like, I'm not, you know, I me, mean, I like try to stay away from as much as I possibly can. Um, that, that's what I read was like, I was pretty much like had a 50, 50 chance of having relief. And that's why when you got it and it worked, I was kind of like, Oh shit. Like, you know, you're pain free. Cause you were in a lot of pain and you were taking a shit ton of ibuprofen every day. So it's like good to give your body a break from processing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really bad on your kidneys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I wonder what does make the difference because you and I think that's what you're about to brush up on is like you got the second one, and it didn't really do much at all, right? Yeah, it did very little. You know, I'd say it was like ten or twenty percent improvement. It, it just really just took a little bit of edge off the off that pain. So you know, after that, I, I really toughed it out for a long time because I, you know, the next approach was going to be more invasive. It was going to be, you know scalpel type stuff to get in there and surgery and all that and i like you you know you hear so many stories about people getting surgery and 
you know, the next thing you hear is don't get surgery. I was worse off uh, now than I was before surgery. You know, how many times have you heard that? Dude, I just met so many people in physical therapy because my experience, and I'll share a little bit. I mean, I want to hear yours, but I'll share a little bit of mine. Like, my experience was like, so instantly, like, you know, instantly I'm in pain. Um, and then the other thing that I think, like, made a huge difference was, like, I had a concussion right off the bat with a car accident. So, like, I'm trying to deal with a whole bunch of shit and a whole bunch of pain while concussed. And I also got, I couldn't get any treatment. Like, I spent, like, a whole day, like, calling doctor's offices, telling them I was in a car accident and saying, like, I don't feel right. I want to I wanna come and get looked at and go possibly get an MRI. And I know I understand, like, I can't just tell a doctor, like, yo, I, you know, they got procedures and all that kind of shit that they got to go through. But, like, I couldn't get help until I called a lawyer. All of a sudden, bro, lawyer calls me back. And within an hour, I have an appointment to go get a full fucking examination. Should have been my first, like, kind of like, huh, this is weird. But, you know, like, in the moment, I'm feeling like shit. I'm like, oh, thank God, this is awesome. And then it, like, instantly I kind of realized, like, that doctor I went to, they prescribed me physical therapy. They prescribed me a painkiller. They prescribed me a, like, big boy ibuprofen. And then they also prescribed me an MRI. So, like, I went in there and got, like, basically, like, anything I would need to hold me over. Right. And the only thing that helped me was long story short. The only thing that helped me was like physical therapy, like the hard work, but in physical therapy, I was around other people who had different stages of almost like the same exact things. And I met a lot of people in there who were like, yeah, I got my neck fused or I got, you know, this or that. And, you know, I, I was pretty open with like my physical therapist and because, you know, they're they're doctors and stuff like they're it's pretty open about like what I was going through and, and like going through my options and telling them like where I look. But, uh, you know, what 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 do they think? How do I seem like what does recovery usually look like both, you know, to their knowledge and, you know, people in there would hear me and they were like, you know, like I want to get the surgery. Don't get it. Like I've been it just like it's a, just a different pain and it's not much better. And yeah. I kind of took that stance and I, I'm wondering, I'm curious at, at the stage where you were, um, you were getting the shot. What was your alternative? Like, what was your head thinking? Like I'm going through pain every day. It's not going away. What were, what was like in your, like, you, you know, you come up with solutions. Like what was your brain thinking? Like what was your, your possible paths? My brain immediately thought, I'm not getting surgery. I'm too young for that, man. I'm too young. I'm not getting surgery. So, I mean, I dealt with it for three years, and it never got better. It just only got worse. So, you know, just at a certain point, you're like, man, three years of being in like a seven or eight out of ten pain, like every single day, just gets really old. It's, And, you know, it you say this is your series is about mental toughness. Yeah. Talk about mental toughness, how hard it is when you're in pain every single day to come home from work, go through the daily grind, come back to the family and be just in a good mood. I mean, I, I, I did, it was difficult, but you know, I, I feel like I was pretty mental tough because I, you know, even though I would kind of complain about, Oh, you know, I'm in a lot of pain. I was still in a good mood all the time, but, you know, 
you just get to a point where it just kills you, man. Just even mentally, you can only be when you're in pain. It seems like you can only tough it out for so long. Yeah, chronic pain and, is no joke. Right. So yeah, I got to a point where I was like, um, I got to do something. And I asked the doctor, "What's?" I actually got another MRI done. Um, I got a second MRI done. This was a little over a year after the first one. And, you know, as the pain suggested, nothing got looked any better. So he said, here's your options. You can, we can do a microdisectomy, which is a minimally invasive surgery where they go through your back. And uh, they, they, it's about a one and a half inch incision. Mine ended up being a little bit bigger just because my case was pretty severe. They, they slice you open from your back and they use a dilator I think they have to, I think he said that he had to cut a little bit of muscle, use a dilator. And then once they get past your muscle, he's got to dremel out part of your spine. You know, it's the back of the pointy part of your spine that you actually can feel. If you take your hand, Mm -hmm. feel your back down there. It's like a, like a roof of a house, you know, it's pointed. So he said to dremel some of that off and then he's got to locate the nerve root. And the nerve root is kind of a little delicate because if there is a tissue around your nerve root, that's called the dura. And if you, if you penetrate that, you know, it's a barrier. So if you penetrate that, you're going to leak spinal fluid and that's a complication to the surgery. So that's, that's, that's a a risk that you take when you say, yeah, I want to do the surgery. So, you know, I think it's like a 7% risk. So I was like, all right, those odds aren't too bad. And my surgeon seemed pretty confident. He's like, you know, it's a 7% chance, you know, according to the book, but with me, it's about a 1% chance. So I was like, all right, I'm like, <laughs> confident. What if, what if he told you like he's done 99 surgeries and it hasn't happened yet. So you probably could, <laughs> would you start thinking like that's a positive or would you start thinking like, Oh shit, he's due. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I would think, you know, this guy's pretty good, man. Uh, I mean, that's the whole idea is, you know, to work on somebody and not mess them up. So, um, yeah. so yeah, anyway, so they move the spinal cord to the side and then they remove the part of your disc that's herniated. Mm. So, and he, I'm actually type one diabetic. So he said too, there was some fat deposits on my spinal cord and he's, I was like, what's that all about? And he's like, we don't ever see that only in obese people and diabetics, but you know, he said I removed it. And anyway, he said my case was very severe. So, um, you know, as soon as I woke up, I didn't feel any of that pain where I had been feeling it. But boy, did my back hurt where that incision site was. That was like serious acute pain. I couldn't, I got home, laid in bed, took the painkillers. And I swear those painkillers didn't even touch the pain hardly. I was, I was begging my wife, is it time yet? Can I, has it been four hours can i have another one and i i couldn't even move dude i was on my back if i wanted to go just roll to my side in bed i couldn't i said i had to call my wife in here and shout out to her and she had to roll me over physically and i just couldn't do it like oh wow so you were having uh your wife actually like grab you and roll you over side to side yeah Yeah, i've had sciatic pain where it hurts to lay on one side and actually like shortly after my accident like I think once the concussion like started going down, like a lot of pain started setting in. And I remember like I could only sit down a certain like 
one certain way. And I almost fell asleep many nights sitting up because laying down was like hurting my neck so bad. Yeah, and, I don't know. I don't know what it's like for a neck, but for a back, it's I get, either yeah. yeah, laying down's beneficial. That's what I'm saying. Well, what I'm yeah, what I'm getting at is like just the how much pain it, it hurt to like put a shirt on. I can only imagine if you're not able to like actually roll to your other side. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that that wasn't from sciatica itself. That was from the surgery. The surgery, right? But I'm just yeah. I'm just like trying to uh, grasp the amount of pain. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely the most pain I've ever been, and I would definitely on this pain scale I would rate it a ten. The first two days were a ten, for sure. Did it set a whole new bar? Oh, dude, it was it was terrible. <laughs> you didn't know that kind of pain existed, huh? Yeah, I felt so bad because we have, you know, a newborn here. My son was two months old and, you know, we're barely getting enough sleep as it is. And that first night, you know, the baby's like finally sleeping a good six hours. And the first night I'm just like in the middle of the night, I, I can't sleep the pain so bad. Like I'd sleep for an hour and wake up and just moan and groan and like was keeping my wife up. I kind of felt bad for it for doing that, but. You just can't help it, man, when you're in a 10 out of 10 pain. Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get through it, man. I mean, moaning and groaning or being quiet and holding it in or, you know, you know everyone's got to be a team player. That's what you sign up for when you pick a partner, you know? Exactly. But, yeah. Pick, that's, a, pick a good one. Yeah. So what, what was it like, like, mentally, like, and I kind of asked you about this the other day, but what was it like mentally, like, like let's say for prepping up like coming close to the surgery and then also like what was it like mentally like rolling in back there because i remember you told me you know share what you told me too about like how you know you just all of a sudden woke up but what was it like like, what are the nerves like you know getting close to surgery time and then also like when you're like being rolled back in there and you're like oh shit it's about to go down so i scheduled it I scheduled it two months um, from the day I called and said, you know, I want to do this. I scheduled it two months out and I could not wait. You know, I could not wait for that surgery. I was in so much pain. So, you know, the nerves really weren't too bad. You know, of course, you're a little nervous going back, but they weren't really bad at all. Nice. So, yeah, they, you know, they put you in the gown, you lay down, they put your IV in, they roll you back, they go over a couple things with you. And then, uh, all of a sudden, I was. I told him I, I roll into this room and there's like 15 people in there all prepping, and I, I'm laying there for five minutes and I'm talking to him a little bit and I'm like, hey, just let me know like when you're about to put me under the anesthesia. I just want to know, and they didn't say anything. And uh, all of a sudden, like it was just like a split second moment. I was like, all right, this is it because I felt it like I was going to sleep, and I was like, this is it. And I just remember them being like, yep. And then next thing you know, I wake up in the recovery room. Were you uh, confused at first? Like, where the fuck am I? Oh, dude, I wasn't confused where I was, but I was so loopy. I, uh-huh. I could hardly keep my eyes. I, I, I actually, I have a picture of myself. My mom took of me. She she took me to the hospital and stayed with me. And um, <laughs> I, she took a picture of me, like, as soon as I woke up. And I ought to show you. you. You'll definitely laugh. You'll get a kick out of it. Was it like drunk or was it like just like yeah, like tired? like like both kind of like 
hard to like my eyes i can't keep my eyes open like my eyes are all chinked and uh, i just threw up like a peace sign like <laughs> and i got like these these marks on my face from whatever equipment they were using i don't know but it's it's a funny picture you were liddy i was and then well, that's gotta that, be some serious trust man because like i feel like i would get nervous yeah i mean don't get me wrong it's it's a little nerve-wracking but you know you just gotta have faith that everything's gonna be okay now you're fast forwarding to how long has it been four weeks yesterday and i got my stitches out today Oh, yeah, that's right, because, like, my newborn is four weeks today. So, yeah, you got that, like, damn, yeah, you were getting, like, you are going into surgery and stuff, like, when we were going in to have the baby. I know. I remember talking about that, too. I remember telling your wife, hey, or not your wife, your, might as well be your wife. You guys are <laughs> basically, whatever. But anyway, I remember telling Brittany, I was like, hey, at the same time I'm getting my surgery, it could be very likely that you guys are having a kid. Now, of course, that's kind of really how it happened, and it's kind of weird it happened that way. But hey, anyways, congratulations on the newborn. Hey, you too, man. You, yeah. you think, uh, you think all in all, like you, can you tell or can you feel yet? Like you think it's like it's gonna work or work out or it's gonna work out as long as I don't overdo myself in the recovery period, which, um. So, like, you're, the surgeon's pretty strict. He's like, no bending, no lifting, no twisting, no lifting at all, nothing, like, nothing. Like, basically bed rest. And then, uh, you know, just the first couple of days, just get up, get up and walk to the bathroom and take a piss and go lay back down. That's basically all they want you to do. But, you know, it's, it was so hard because I couldn't get out of bed. I had, I had to have, people pull me out of bed but once i got on my feet i could walk at a snail's at a snail's pace of course but it was just getting because you know you're laying down in bed and you're trying to get up you got to use those back muscles that they literally just cut into so i was, was getting difficult. like slight i was getting like slight updates and i remember hearing like you know i mean i'm kind of out of blur right now i feel like i'm operating on fumes but like um like I remember just hearing like how bad you were like little getting like little updates here and there as we're getting home and getting settled with the baby. I'm like, damn, it's that bad. But you know, I didn't, I never really like dove deep into thinking like shit, like standing up is like, you know, you're using back muscles and stabilizing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it was tough. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm super interested in it. And like I said, like, that's like big and like, I mean, most sports, you're not going to, if anyone plays like sports or is like, you know, athletic or an athlete, like it, it's so rare. Like, like it blew my fucking mind listening to Terrence Crawford and him talk about how he doesn't have any like injuries, but he could also be bullshitting. So nobody knows, you know what I mean? But still like, like, yeah, you know, he could be bullshitting because if he says, Oh, I have this injury, then, you know, his next opponent, they're going to try and exploit it. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's part of it. It's just like, you everyone has something and like in the jiu-jitsu gym as much as everyone loves it like that is like a part of it like to be real with everyone like it's it's you know like on the jiu-jitsu mats especially usually in like usually in like mma and boxing gyms there's a little bit more ego so you don't really hear as much everyone kind of like you know tough mans it 
but like in the jiu-jitsu it's funny because like in jiu-jitsu it's like everyone tends to be a little bit more laid back and everybody's fucking hurt <laughs> everyone's got nagging injuries and um but i don't see like you know you don't see like a lot of people who are like all right well i'm gonna go get surgery on my back and i'll be back in like you know a year it's kind of like a lot of people just kind of either get used to the pain or you know it's just interesting how people handle that stuff all differently you know yeah i think you know ultimately you can learn to live with pain but you know it's sucks if there's it sucks and if there's options available and it really just comes down to who you surround yourself with surround yourself with good people good support system people to take care of you if you do get surgery you know surround yourself make sure you pick a good surgeon that's ultimately i think the most important detail you know have a doctor who you trust and who you can have faith in to do a good job so i think that's that's where i would leave that at so you like you're happy like uh because you know at first you said fuck no to the surgery and then what like what actually changed your mind to decide that it was like worth like doing was it just the pain alone or was it like did he make it make sense to you or did you like was it a surgery you weren't aware of did you like look up and you know do some research behind it what um when he first told me what my options were the steroid injections or surgery and i said what kind of surgery and he said a, a, a fusion and i was like i don't want to get that because that's what i've heard everyone getting it's basically a cage that's where they put hardware mm-hmm. you know in your spine and you know i just immediately was like i'm not doing that surgery is off the table but then when the second mri came i was like well what are my options? And he said, microdiscectomy. And he explained to me what it was. And I went home and um, I felt a little confident about it, what he was explaining. And I just did some research and I watched some YouTube videos of the actual procedure. And what what really swung me was reading people's comments on the YouTube videos. And everyone who had had that procedure was like, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, I'm up and walking the same day, changed my life. It's like a life-changing surgery. If you're thinking about it, just do it. Like that was over and over. Those, those were the comments I was reading. So that's really what, what swung me to do it. But, you know, as it turned out, my case was pretty severe. So I wasn't really like up and walking right away. Like most people would, but if I had to go back, I'd do it again. What did you like, did you, um, research or dig for other options you know i did do some other options so i did like uh, like you didn't really do any physical therapy but like did you look into like you know and i've been talking about this but did you ever like looking like all right maybe i don't know like anything else like stem cells or like did you get did you go off the doc like your doctor's recommendations or did you like find anything else that you tried um, so this was kind of like a, a three-year stint of me trying to figure it out and navigate. So um, I, I was trying to do everything I could to avoid surgery. So the first thing I did was a chiropractor. Um, that didn't work. And then I did some acu- I did one session of acupuncture, one session of acupuncture, and um, I think that you kind of it, it kind of has to be repetitive. You have to keep going back 
but to me, in my opinion, it seemed a little gimmicky for where I was at and my pain level and my problem. Um, I did do some physical therapy and that didn't help at all either. I just think it was so injured. There was nothing that could be done. There was no alternative other than just to get the pressure off the nerve. And that was it. Yeah. See, I get that in my neck, man. Like, I, I just, like, I get this weird craving. And this is where, like, and this is my opinion, but to anyone who's listening, just make sure you get alternate opinions and do some research and just kind of, you know, because I had, like, I would consider my, my case, like, a bad experience. Now that, like, at the first, you know, at the time and getting through all the bullshit and the insurance and the lawyer and, you know, the case, like, it was stressful and it had, like, a lot of extra stress to it. So there's, like, little details and key, keys that, like, I didn't pick up on until now that, like, I go back and think about it. And I've actually talked to, like, a lot of different therapists for different things. And, like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, red flags that I, I missed going through my uh, my thing. Like, the doctors told me, which I guess it might be semi-permanent, but, dude, I didn't know up until recently that, like, discs heal. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I think most people who who do suffer a disc injury, it's I think most of the time it's a bulging disc. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the disc is actually not ruptured or leaked out into the spinal cord. And I think that can definitely be corrected with some physical therapy but i think if you're have a severe back injury you pretty much just your your options are limited yeah and it's so it's so hard to like like you said i mean it's you had a bad experience it's it's you you just got to surround yourself with the good with good people and people you trust because if not i mean what do you do i mean you just trust everything you hear and just go with it make a split second decision and i kind of knew i was being bullshitted because like i said i went to my lawyer's doctor like it's almost like he got me in somewhere right away just so we could plead that like i was seeking uh help which is like you know it's what i did anyway and i wanted but then like you know i switched doctors to like i could tell it's like his guy because like my lawyer was getting results before i was getting results like i was getting calls from him with like reports and stuff. And I'm like, well, why hasn't the doctor called me yet? Or why haven't I been called back yet? You know? And just like, I could kind of felt like I was in the middle of this like game. And I don't know if it's doctor's fault, lawyer's fault or the system's fault or insurance's fault. You know what I mean? But like the biggest point was I felt, I feel like looking back, like my injury wasn't what everyone was focusing on. They're all focusing on different aspects. You know what I mean? And it's my responsibility to focus on my injury and what's best for me. And I kind of let myself get kind of tied up in that like shitty game that you have to play. And uh, like nobody ever showed me, like I heard my injuries from many doctors and stuff, but nobody ever like sat down and showed me like a picture of my disc or like, you know, they just told me what was going on and told me different treatments. And like I said, the physical therapy place was the only place I felt like was like, like helping me and was honest and like I am they almost like led me I could tell like they almost led me to thinking that I 
only could get surgery to feel better. Like they're like saying this is permanent. You you you're like you're gonna have this for life. Um, you know you're permanently altered and seeing like they're like just saying terms like that. Like the word they used a lot was permanent. And I'm like, so in my head, I'm sitting here thinking like, dude, I'm fucked. I'm fucked for life. This pain's never going to go away. It's not going to get better. You know, I have to do like, you know, they're kind of putting that pressure on me. Like you have to do this. You have to do that. And um, one thing I've noticed that's been helping as well is like cutting down on like inflammatory foods and trying to focus on like anti-inflammatory foods, like kind of all natural. And then, like, focusing yeah. on my posture and just something that simple has taken a lot of the edge off. Yeah, I'm sure all that does help, you know. But, I mean, how how far along are you in this injury? Because it sounds like it's been longer than I dealt with mine. Yeah, mine was in, like, two thousand, the end of 2018. I mean, yeah, it, comes, so... it comes and goes. It's weird. Like, it, it's, like, I'll get, like, a few months where I feel like, like a machine bro like i'll feel perfectly fine strong i'm like training hard nothing's bothering me and then like i'll get like a couple weeks that are really rough and then it'll go away and it comes back and then i'll get times where it's like it has me on my ass and i'll have times where i feel like it's gone i do need it i do like i should like go get it fucking looked at and stuff it's just so goddamn expensive and hard to find a good doctor and stuff you know like my life has right. been changing at a very quick pace <laughs> the past couple of years, a few years, you know, it's been kind of hard right. to prioritize different things. But yeah, I would highly suggest just getting the MRI done. And I think you can get one of those for like 250 bucks somewhere. And that oh, would give you a good idea of where you're at. Are you, are you one of the people that like, um, like for instance, it comes to like, Cause there's people like I'm a little bit this way, but, and I know other people that are like this way, like they don't want to know, like they, they, they're like, ah, like almost like they're scared to see it. And then there's people who are like, no, I need to go right now and see what the fuck's up with my body. You know? Yeah. I'm a little bit of both. Like there's been, I've had like, I don't know if anyone's ever had just like, just random chest pains, uh, caused by like that gas where you have you ever had that they call, oh, i always yeah. call it like the lightning pain yeah like i get that every once in a while i'm like oh man i hope my heart's okay but i'm not going to go get it checked out because i don't want to know if there's something wrong with my heart <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so I, I understand dude i've been through a lot of this like kind of shit you know like like and that's one thing i was gonna say earlier is like all the things i've been in the hospital for and been fucking hurt for and stuff like i like getting put to sleep is like scary to me. Like I, even when they did my wisdom teeth, bro, like they tried to put the laughing gas on me. And I said, I'm like, I told them no before I told them no, like during, like they started trying to put it on me and I, I like, I ripped it off my face and I looked at the guy and I said, I said, no. And he's like, okay, okay, man, well, we won't do it. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. There's just something weird about that. Like you're like, you know, kind of like the people surrounding you. And then like all of a sudden you're out just kind of, strange to me but i mean i i got off i lost track what I, where i was going with all that but i will say you're crazy for that bro because i'm the complete opposite i I don't want to feel a thing put me out give me the valium the laughing gas 
<laughs> Give me the anesthesia. I don't want to feel a damn thing. I don't really like being loopy. Fucking temporary. Dude, when they when they like uh when, when they pulled my teeth out, like I, I told them like I don't want I want like the bare minimum. And they're like, You don't want the gas? I'm like, no. And they're like, Are you sure? And I'm like, no. Like I don't want I don't want I want the bare like I just want to come in, rip them out, and let's go. And like they started, they kept trying to give me all this shit. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then the guy like put like the numbing thing in my gums, and he's like, you're still gonna feel a little bit of pain, but this will take the edge off. And he goes, because we're you know doing your wisdom teeth, like the nerves, you'll probably still feel like your nerves kick. And I'm like, all right, let's get it done, dude. It was so trippy because my mouth was like relatively numb, like I could feel what was going on, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like I could tolerate it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like intolerable. And I'm just watching blood squirt out of my mouth. <laughs> and, like, I can feel them and hear them breaking my teeth and pulling them out. And, like, it was so fucking trippy. And then, like, I'm seeing the guy, like, scoop out a big-ass bloody tooth with his, like, little thing. And I'm seeing, like I said, blood squirting out and shit. It was just, it was kind of trippy to watch. Like, Yeah, they were probably trying to give you all that stuff because they've never ran into some crazy dude like you are. <laughs> like, who, who walks into the... I want my all my wisdom teeth out, but I don't want shit for it. Yeah, I just want to fucking get it done. I mean, they're they, surprised. Dude, they were looking at me weird and shit. And, like, the lady who, like, like I told you, I told them that, like, several times, and they put the, ga- the mask on me. And, I like, they're already, like, working on my mouth a little bit. So I'm, like, a little bit, like, oh. I'm, like, I, like, looked at her. I'm, like, what is this? And she's, like, it's okay. It's going to feel like you drank wine. And uh, she's like, just take some deep breaths. And then, like, everything got, like, a little bit wonky. Like, this, like I swear, like, I was hearing womp, womp, womp. And I grabbed the mask and I pulled it off my face. And I looked at the, the guy and I said, and I said, I said no. <laughs> like, I was pissed. And he, he, like, he was like, okay. And then afterwards, bro. So I walked out of there, right? I could barely, like, talk. And I, like, I signed the thing. I paid him cash. And then I, I got my car. And by the time I got to, like, I was house-sitting for my friend. By the time I got to his house, dude, the pain kicked in. And it was, like, some of the harshest pain I've ever had. Like, talk about, like, pain levels, dude. That was, I couldn't, like, sit still. I was walking in circles. And I remember I, like, packed up my shit. And I went home, and I'm like, I got to stay busy. Um, Would you say that was your 10? That was your threshold? I think that was 10 because, dude, I went home, like, I like, I went over to my, like, that's when uh my mom moved back to grandma's house, and remember how I was living at grandma's house by myself, and then my mom moved in, mm-hmm. like, she moved back, and then I was moving out, so we were, like, in the middle of transitioning that house a little bit, and I just remember, um, like, going in there and telling my mom, I'm in so much fucking pain, I'm in so, and my dumb ass didn't, I didn't get the pain, I didn't cash in the prescription after i left the office because it's like i'm not gonna do that shit i don't want that shit like i don't like i just don't like pills i don't like painkillers it's probably my personal thing because i've had friends od and stuff like that and i've had you know since i was young i've had a lot of friends who've gotten hooked on that kind of like i've seen like a dark side of it you know what i mean yeah understandable for sure and and also i'm kind of like relatively a natural person like i i like to try to find natural roots as I don't, it's not like I don't believe in medicine. It's just like, I don't go that route unless I need to, you know, but mm-hmm. fuck bro, that pain was tough. Like I, 
I got home and I remember I was like walking in circles and like I couldn't sit down and I was just trying to stay busier than my mind was. <laughs> so like like outwork my brain. And my mom was like, Why don't I take you up to CVS and we get we get them painkillers and I think it was Percocet. She's like, and we'll cash them in. And I never taken anything like that before. So like I'm like, fine, fuck it. And I went with her. So I kinda was like at my wits end too, dude. And I, like, I went with her. We cashed it in. I came home and I took one and I took a shower. And by the time I got out of the shower, bro, I was like the pain was going away and I was super fucking sleepy. And yeah, I'm like sleep it off. Yeah, and that's dude, I, I basically spent like like three days went by like nothing. I think I was just waking up, taking one and going back to bed. I think that's yeah. all I did for like three days. Like I think I slept straight through three days. That's how kinda how my experience was too with wisdom teeth as well. I kinda just took the pain medicine. It makes you real tired, so you just sleep through it. Yeah, there, I guess there's a point of mental toughness, and then there's a point of, like, being smart about it. You know, like, oh, there's modern medicine, you know? Like, let's use it for what it's used for and, and get it out, you know? Yeah, well, for what it's worth, man, you going back to you being crazy, one of my first, like, memories with you, because you're – are you 32? Uh, 33. 33, so you're – six years older than me one of my first memories with you is you having that jeep rank was a jeep cherokee yeah and you had subwoofers in there yeah i remember you at my parents house i'm in the passenger seat in that thing and they live next to that trailer park and you blasting music and i can almost i almost want to say it was uh fireman by lil wayne probably you just dude in that music song yeah, you were just thumping that music and driving in the grass right along the fence line of the uh, the trailer park, pissing them off. And then there's like that, there's a big hill in the middle of that retention pond. <laughs> and you just gun it. And we got like two feet of air in that thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this, my, this guy's crazy. That poor fucking Jeep. But I just remember like, oh, dude, my cousin's crazy, man. It was, it was cool. Like, my cousin's so cool. <laughs> that was my that was my like that, one of my impressions that that uh sound system was fucking dope dude like i had that thing was legit and it sucked because like right after i built that sound system and like put all that into that jeep like it broke down i probably like sucked the life out of that jeep <laughs> yeah it's that, funny because i remember that moment like i think kevin's my favorite cousin because you, yeah. you guys always used to ask me, you and Logan, you and your brother, who's your favorite cousin? I'm uh, always like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Yeah, boy. <laughs> shout, out, shout out. It was just it was just that moment in time. I was like, oh, Kevin's my favorite cousin. But shout out to Logan, man. Me and Logan have had some great memories. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah you guys were way close all the time. You guys were like way closer in age. I think you guys hung out. You guys probably hung out more than him and I hung out. Yeah, dude, we had some long weekends, and yeah, we had some good. Man, we would stay up all night playing video games, and uh, some people think video games are lame, but I tell you what, some of the best memories <laughs> of my childhood come from video games. So it is what it is. Yeah, dude. I, sometimes I think back about like how I used to be. I'm like, damn, I'm just lucky to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I, I reminisce all the time, especially having kids, man. Like, I drive around, I'm like, fuck, I hope my kids don't do half that shit. Like, is this going to be yeah. the payback that I've always heard about, you know? Yeah. 
it, yeah, I th- I've, I've heard you have some stories, but it seems like in the, today you've 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 calmed down. Oh yeah, I've I've um I try to work on myself daily. I know I'm incomplete or not, not incomplete, but like I'm not like a I'm always working mentally, physically, like I'm always working, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to because every single one of us are flawed. Every single one of us are oh, flawed, yeah, yeah, exactly. Flawed, yeah. But like I mean it, it's a uh, like I think I told you a long time ago like when I worked with you, I, I like have like a little note section on my phone. And I try to constantly have one main focus in my notes to work on and like, like one main focus, one daily focus. And then I have like my goal sheet for the day. And I try to like, and you know, I don't always hit my goal sheet for the full day, but like it usually like my daily goal sheet usually turns on like a week project. (laughs) I just don't have the time that I used to. Like, I'm still, like, planning stuff as if I don't have kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to go home and I have, like, six hours to myself. And it's really not like that anymore. But, like, I think that's helped change a lot. So, for any of you lost stragglers out there listening, fucking start writing shit down on a little piece of note paper. And, and it does make a huge difference just to get in the habit of, like, making, like, a note. And holding on to it. Like, I'll put a sticky note on the back of my phone or my wallet. Things that I'm always touching. And it'll either, it, it could have just a word on it. Or it could have, like, like a, a written out sentence on what I'm working on. But it's just, like, it just puts that thought constantly in my head. And once I write down things on paper, it's, like, it really helps my me, like, solidify it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And that's good that you do that because, I mean... I'm the complete opposite. I don't write anything down. And when I do write stuff down, I still don't do it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I it's not know. as complicated as you think, man. It's just a habit. It's just creating habits. Creating One of the best books I've ever read is Atomic Habits. And I think I was actually reading that book when I worked with you. And um, one of the best books I ever I ever read. Because it's just like literally like explains like habit stacking and creating habits and like that's like what a lot of things are like, like successful people don't tend to be just like successful. It's not like they're just like, they tend to have, uh, there's so much knowledge out there and like, uh, like dissection and like statistics of like people that like there's there's so many ways to learn how to be anything you want really. You know what I mean? That like with, with successful people, it tends to just be habits that add up like like creating good habits for yourself whatever you want and i and and successful people i mean like as in any direction you want to go not like just like oh people with a lot of money are good at habits it's like no people who are good at what they do have like a lot of good habits like you you like your job you're detailing tuning and learning the piano world right right so it, it whether you like it or not going to work and showing up every day and putting in hours it's it's a habit you've made it a habit because you do it daily right like you're, you're gonna do that regardless it's not that hard for you anymore right correct yeah now think if you like stack the habit on top of it like okay um i'm gonna go to work and on my way to work because i'm already gonna be driving to work i'm going to think of one thing to focus on today 
my whole drive there is going to think about what I want to focus on today. You know what I mean? So now, yeah, makes so, sense. so now you get in the habit of every time you're driving to work, you're focusing on something to make better. And then that turns into like, you know, the next habit, the next habit, the next habit. Pretty soon years go by and you're going to be the type of person who's like, you know, you're going to be better organized and you're just going to be like creating a snowball effect and like all the little things. It's like a mass, a bunch of little things that add up and go in that direction. That's how jujitsu is too. Like the, a black belt usually doesn't lose to one move. They usually lose to details adding up to that move, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So, like, it's a huge life changer. And I'm, like, trying to focus on that stuff and build the empire. It's coming. It's coming, man. I, I really hope, I really hope, man, you... You, you build your empire, whatever that empire is. I don't know what your vision is, but keep up the good habits. And like you said, they just, they just, I got to take my own advice too, but you know, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, but you just got to do it. I, I, I need to write down that book. What did you say the name of that book was? Uh, Atomic Habits. I can send it to you. I got a bunch of good books. I'm actually like today I started one, but I'm like, I'm actually in the mix of trying to find some other good ones like that. Like, all right. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I just, uh, just, I think my dog hit my phone or something. Cause it, yeah, it just told me I was done recording. I'm like, I ain't said I'm done yet. <laughs> where'd I leave off? Where'd I leave off? Or where did you, what did you hear last? Um, I think we were talking about building your empire. Yeah, so build an empire, and then I was talking about, uh, I think I circled back to, like, another example of the habits thing is, like, for instance, like, you know, most people come home from work or sit at home and they watch, like, let's say, fuck it, like, let's say two episodes of The Simpsons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Part of me is, like, okay, like, I, I'm not against, like, watching The Simpsons. I think it's a nice escape. Like, I think, like, sometimes it's great to like zone out and then come back. Um, but instead of watching two episodes of the Simpsons or three episodes of, you know, some bullshit YouTube channel, like maybe watch one episode of the Simpsons and then watch like a YouTube video or YouTube videos about something productive. You know what I mean? Like learn how to meal prep or learn, you know, just whatever you're into, but something more productive, like, or a skill set, you know what I mean? Right. if you're into woodworking and you get home from, uh, you know, say you're into woodworking, but you work at fucking, who knows, Walmart or gas station, whatever, and you come home from work and you spend the few hours you have before you have to go to sleep and start over again on watching The Simpsons and Judge Judy and whatever, like, you'd never become a better woodworker, right? Correct, yeah. But if you if you watch an episode of The Simpsons and then maybe watch a few videos about woodworking until you went to sleep, like, you know, that could spark like, you know, some inspiration that can spark you to start, you know, maybe making woodworking projects to sell. Maybe, you know, like just like, I don't know, just building skill sets or like at least pushing in a direction, you know? Yeah. Just finding ways to expand your craft and build upon yourself. Exactly. hundred percent. Like you, you're all into fantasy football, bro. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I want to say I'm still in the fantasy football, but I feel like at the end of the day, I'm just like mediocre. Like, but then again, it's like, what do you do? It's like playing the lottery ticket. It's really? like playing the lottery ticket against 12 people or whatever, how many people are in your league. Yeah, I also think that there might be like taking in too much information. Because For like, sure. There's only so much in like in like your control. So I think it's another, I don't know. I think it's a matter of like, because it does seem like there are people who are good at it. Like there are people who draft well and there are people who end up like in the top ranks a lot. But part of me also feels like, I don't know, like, how was that? Part of me also is like, sometimes there's just lucky people. Like my cousin, she like once drafted all the guys she thought was cute. And turns out like she was in the fucking the championship at the end you know what i mean yeah that reminds <laughs> that reminds me of those instagram reels i've seen of the quarterbacks where they turn them into females oh my god <laughs> have you seen those remember the guy who judges them off of beers yeah like it was like aaron Rodgers, but it was erin rogers yeah <laughs> I'll, like a- I'll need a six-pack for that one six-pack <laughs> and who was it who was it and he was like water <laughs> I think that was uh, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, he just says water. <laughs> Hilarious. Ben, ben Roethlisberger. It's like whole keg. Whole keg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate you uh, talking about this and sharing. I think, uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to touch, too, just like the kind of, I wanted to touch up on so you had like you had the choice of like a, a fusion, and then you did your surgery. Which what exactly was your surgery? Like was it just shaving down the the bone, or was it? It wasn't replacing uh, anything, was it? It was just kind of cleaning it up in there. Yeah, basically, it's it's a, considered a microsurgery. So, yeah, it's it's just uh you know because your your disc sits in between your spinal vertebrae and acts as a cushion, and that cushion, which is your disc, is like a jelly-filled donut. And when the uh, the gel in the middle squirts out on your spinal cord, that causes all the inflammation. So what they did, they just went in there and they, they cleaned out what had bursted that was pushing on my spine. And they just removed it. Okay, so that's one thing, too, I think that I'm kind of praying for is like either... I've read good things about stem cells. Now I'm not like a fucking master at it. I know it's not like really the main approach. And I know some people probably say that shit's whack, but from, I've seen like a lot of people who have said that they've gone, uh, gotten stem cell and it's like done like wonders, like people who are severely injured getting stem cell injections and healing up pretty well and pretty strongly. Yeah, if you're interested, if you're interested in going that route, have you heard of PRP? Yes, I think that's also kind of uh, something that's been very popular lately. That people have been saying the same thing about. I don't know exactly what it is, but something about they take your own blood and they spin it, and then they take a certain part of it and inject it where you're having issues. Is that right? Yeah, I don't want to butcher. I don't want to sound like a complete idiot because I don't completely understand it, but I. About something like that. I don't know if spinning the blood gets the white blood cells going or if it, um, I don't know what it does, but 
I've heard I've I've vaguely heard of that. And then the other thing I've seen lately that seems to be having good results. And I think you told me that you, it's not really good for the back or they don't have it for the back yet, but like the disc replacement surgery. And yeah, yeah. we've got a doctor actually close by, like over in Tampa. He does like the lightning players or he's done like Tyler Johnson when he was on the lightning and stuff. And I don't think this yeah, guy. Just... Go ahead. I was just going to say Tyler Johnson. That's when you said that. I, I was like, I know he got one of those. I was, I was, Wonder if there's a way you could hit him up and be like, "Hey, Tyler Johnson, how'd that work out for you?" My buddy actually got the surgery from the same surgeon. Same surgery from the same guy who did Tyler Johnson, and he said he said good thing. Like he he was another one. Like he went into surgery, and they put him out, and then like he was texting me from the hospital the next day, and he was like, "Yeah, I feel great," and he he was like. uh he was like, he said he was hungry. Like, he's like, I could eat a whole horse, but I'm, I feel fucking great. And they, like, showed me a picture, and he had, like, almost all the food you could get in the hospital sitting in front of him. <laughs> like, awesome. his, his whole thing was, like, stacked with food. It was funny as hell. But he, he seems to be good. Like, shortly after that, I was at, I was actually at, like, uh, East Florida working out with Brittany. And he was in there working out. Like he was already back to lifting. It was fucking crazy. And then yeah, yeah. My other buddy, same thing. Car accident, fucked up his neck. He went through a lot. He probably, he probably made my shit look look like relatively mild. And because I was just seeing like all these posts from him about him being in pain and how tough it is, and this is like the hardest thing in his life, and he's really pushing his faith in God to get through it. Yada yada yada. That type of thing. I was like, damn. Like you know. That sucks. And I think he got it. And I've been seeing pictures of him lately. He seems like happy and good. Like life is good. Yeah. They, uh, I think the neck is a little bit easier because the neck isn't so weight bearing as the back is. So you got, I think, more options. That's crazy to think that because you would think that like the neck is more tedious. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're like I bet you probably suffer from some migraines and pain down your arm and your shoulder. But yeah. if you think about it, your neck's really only holding your head. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's just a bunch no. of fucking nerves in there. Like the uh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Vargas nerve, vagus nerve. It's it's there's a big nerve. There's a lot of big nerves like in in your neck and especially like higher up in the neck that like they can trigger, like you get this like weird ice pick headache or like yeah. a question mark, question mark headache. Like where it's like, you can feel like your eye around your ear, like to the back of your head. It's just like in this like fucking severe pain. How miserable is that? That was tough. That shit sucks ass. It's all tough because like, in your neck, it affect, it can affect your cognitive functions as well. Like, like, uh, like you know, um, how do I explain this? Like, kind of foggy. Like, not only do you have like a dull headache, but it's kind of foggy. It's because your neck is tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you got to get your muscles to relax and kind of like stretch your neck out and like kind of do some therapy and get the blood flowing in it again and kind of get everything moving 
because like it, it can just like affect like your overall cognitive function like i mean you understand with your back pain like when you're in that much pain all the time it kind of like is always on your mind like it's me- mentally taxing mentally draining i know the only thing when the only time it's not on your mind is when you're sleeping shit i know yeah i tried to do that a lot when it when i first was like when it first happened to me i remember i was trying to like i got like so sick of it at one point like i was in so much pain at one point that i was taking ibuprofen and then just trying to sleep the days away dude like almost like i was just like somewhat in my head i thought i was just gonna wake up one day with the pain gone you know what i'm saying like yeah i mean you you that's just putting like confidence in your body like oh my body's gonna heal myself and you really just want it to you think it's going to you know right. every other injury i've ever had you know my body's just healed itself on its own so i i, I was right there with you man it's you just I, to me i just i just got to a point where i just can't take it anymore i was tired of it uh i mean but, like i said earlier like there there's also like that's the thing about being mentally tough and trying to tough things out is just because you can tough things out doesn't mean it's always the smartest route, you know? Yeah. They say as long as, as long as you have more good days than you have bad days, you're doing all right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like you're at a net positive, you know, sometimes, but you know, for sometimes you go through periods where it's tough for a long time and you just have to be confident that it's going to come out, you know, great. It's going to work out, you know? Yeah, it's wild. I know a lot of people get in a lot of pain and they lose confidence. And then I've, I've seen that work in the wrong direction. I, I've had a friend who, um, he's riding a skateboard and he got hit by an old lady. Hit him. Like, hit him square up. And it fucked up his leg and his hip. And doctor was like, here's painkillers. And he was taking painkillers and wasn't really killing the pain for him not for long and then he ended up uh getting like hooked like addicted and then you know end up turned out ended up leading to his uh you know his demise and it kind of sucks that's a vicious cycle and once unfortunately once you get grabbed by it not too many make it out of that right and that's why like i i think that's why like i think it's important now not like I said earlier, like modern medicine and, and surgeries and stuff. Like it's just like I think it's important to try to take a deep breath and weigh like weigh out um, what's best, you know, or what you think the best route is. I'm glad like you know you went through a bunch of pain up front here, and I'm glad like you're feeling confident that it's going to give you the relief and that you're like actually feeling better. How's that? Um, pain for three years and then going through excruciating pain and then just like waking up to like starting to feel better. How's that feel? Is that like a euphoric? It's, en- it's encouraging. Encouraging is the best word because now I'm at, I feel like they went and in, in there and they took out all everything that was causing the problem. So now truly my body is all it has to do is heal its own. So now I feel like I'm at that point where I'm like, as we just were talking about, like now I feel like my body's going to heal itself. That's awesome. So encouraging. Yeah. And I that was, just to touch up on the pain pill subject, that was something I really respected my doctor too because I told him how much pain I was in. And he said, the one thing I'm not going to do is prescribe you painkillers because that will ruin your life. 
Respect. I respect that because I'm sure there is a heavy incentive to do it. But in my opinion, yeah. In today's but, world, I think they there may not be as much just because of the whole Oxycontin situation and how that unfolded. I think they uh, kind of clean that clean that up in today's world, but there's still your dirty doctors out there. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, I've seen plenty. I know there's still plenty out there that you walk in and say you have a headache and you're walking out with a script. But you know, teach it. That's there's good and bad out there. Can't let you know. Try not to let the few bads always cancel out the goods. Kind of yeah, going back to your outlook. As long as there's more good ones than there's bad ones, right? <laughs> and you can yes, tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah, dude. as long as the glass is half full and not half empty. Yeah, and that's the, that's another thing I was I was gonna wonder about. So like, uh, and you know, my buddy, I got a buddy who has um, he broke his collarbone when we were young, and now that we're getting older, it's like starting to put like stress on his neck just because the uh, the imbalances that he's like developed over so much time, and. Like, so him and I talk about our neck pain all the time together because it tends, for whatever reason, we have similar issues a lot of the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You get in these, like, funks. Like, like I know it happens to me, too. Like, if I wake up and have one of them bad days where I'm in a lot of pain, maybe it's, like, two or three days, my brain, it's weird. There's, like, something psychological that goes on that makes you feel like it's forever. Like, in the moment, you're like, this is forever. I've always felt this way. It's, you know, like you, you start mentally tearing yourself apart. Like it's a, um, gosh, I forget what it's called. There's a term for it though. It's like, uh, you know, almost like not recognizing the fact that it's temporary and it will go away and you will, like you said, your body will heal or like, you know, this headache's not forever, obviously. Like you probably feel like you're trapped. It's never going away. Yes, you get trapped in this like pain loop of telling yourself that like, and it's a uh, goddamn, I can't think of the freaking term, but the term it's like one of them terms that explains everything. But like, like uh, it's gonna come to me after the podcast, and I'm gonna be like, I'm such an idiot. I need to start writing shit down. But uh, or writing well, shit for the podcast. I'm sure you've had a long day, bro, and it's twelve thirty-eight in the morning. Yeah, it, it'll uh, come to you tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. But it, it's basically like. You get, like you said, you get stuck in the loop. So, like, you, your brain starts recognizing that. And from recognizing that pain, your brain is triggered by that pain. Um, so, all your brain is referring to is the last time you've had that pain. So, it puts you in this mental loop of, like, I have this pain. I've always had this pain. I recognize this pain from all these different times. And then you start kind of getting stuck in this, like, this period of like it's permanent it's gonna last forever and it's like really like kind of like a dangerous path if you don't recognize it it's funny that you brought that up because i i actually just went through what you just described because um the other day i was just like randomly throughout the the day you know i was just getting this nerve pain that i was having before it just wasn't as bad and i didn't say anything and my wife looked at me and she's like what's wrong with you i'm like i'm just worried like this pain i just felt this nerve pain in my in the same area that I've had this problem and she's like really and I'm like yeah and then I was and it just kind of triggered my brain like you just said like I just went into like a funk for a second and then uh I remember reading that 
since the nerve is so inflamed, it can take several months for that nerve pain to completely go away. So I kind of like reassured myself and had to like reel myself in. I'm like, oh, no, it's going to get better. Yeah, and it's just weird that because even now explaining it to me, it might happen to you again and you might get back in the same like mental loop. And this is kind of one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I know I say that every podcast, but like my brain's all over the place. So I have a million. It just solidifies. I have a million reasons why I kind of started it. But like just in case like like these words and experiences get to somebody someday or help somebody someday, because this is all like I can talk about all this kind of shit because it's like like hard times I can refer to like like those times of pain and those like like example of what we're talking about right now. You get stuck in that loop of like, I've always had this pain. It's never going to go away. I'm fucked forever. And it can like really put you down a dark path, you know. But yeah, really how often do you hear about people or therapy or someone who's like, you know, you know, you should go talk to somebody who's been through that pain before. You know, like I don't hear that a lot about depression or more about depression now than ever, but like still not too often or anxiety. But I don't know when I had depression and anxiety and I didn't know depression and anxiety existed or what it was like. I thought I was fucking crazy. Like I was like. Mm-hmm. I was not well in the head. I just thought I was a different human being. I thought I was like, like one of a billion, one in a billion type of like, you know, like it was just a very weird alienated feeling until I finally started, like after years of it, I finally started meeting people that like had the same issue or I could relate to. And then I started feeling like that slowly, almost like you're talking about your pain relief. I was starting to feel like a mental relief, like, holy shit, like there, this is something. And it would just take me a notch down, like a notch down back down to earth, you know? And it's kind of the same with pain, like, like pain tolerance and stuff. Like there's ups and downs and your body's fixing shit. And, and, you know, you can get in some bad mental loops because you're dealing with something traumatic, you know? Right. And so I've, I've been lucky enough in my life to where I've never really, of course I've had my ups and downs, but I've never gone into a, a deep depression or a uh, anxiety attack. I've never had that. And I know you have. So do you think that in today's age, it's just more talked about and more discussed and people are more open to the idea of that just being a thing? Or do you think back in the day it didn't really exist because people were just grinding their life away, just trying to survive? What do you, what do you think? Um, I think it's a little bit of, I, I, I think people are slightly softer now and I think people, uh, search for, um, search, not like search for answers too much, but like, I think people search for too many conditions. Like, like you don't feel good for a day or you get anxiety a lot rather than being like it's completely normal and and being like that's normal it happens and this is how you like this is how you deal with the loop and getting on top of it and learning how to manage it people more so are inclined to be like i have this issue i need to go get a fix right now i need it to get fixed right now what's the easiest possible way to fix it and i think life's just not easy dude like we don't know what the fuck we're doing we're all like just floating on a rock in the middle of nowhere you know Like, I just think that, like, I think that, like, I think 
the mindset is just different. Like I think back then everything was built with hard work and, and from the ground up, you know what I mean? And now I think people have so much shit to compare to that they do it to themselves. Like you go on Instagram and you see a bunch of people smiling and flaunting. And then you got all these influencers who are also posting and it's all fake shit. They're posting, they're posting staged, like their days, like they're posting everything staged and everything glorious. Right. And people are constantly comparing to that type of shit. And what happens when you compare you're looking for you like if you're comparing you're looking for what you don't measure up to exactly and i think it's like i think it's like we have a whole lot of stuff like that on our daily basis whereas back in the day you had dirt and you had fucking you know work tools and you had your home and your family and that's like wholesome feeling you know what i mean yeah yeah and if like, you didn't work you didn't eat if you went out to the and fucking mowed your grass or tended to your cows and your chickens and then you went you know, worked a hard day and went back home, you're not thinking about what the fuck some dude in LA is doing or what he's eating tonight for dinner or like how much money this guy has across the state or, you know what I mean? What Logan Paul and Jake Paul is up to. Like, you're like, you're going home, you're having dinner with your family and you're sitting around a table. Like, I think it's, I think it's stuff like that is like, is why people are feeling this way. There's not a whole lot of, um, you know, like there's just a lot of comparison. Yeah. I think that would probably be a good goal to set would be to come home. And then for the last hour before you go to bed, just have like no TV, no phone, no social media. I think that would probably be a good goal to have that you could just connect to your family a lot more. I think that might be my next goal. Write it down, put on a sticky note. I'll have to write that one down stick to it. That's one of the things we're talking about is, uh, is we're in a for the people listening like we're in a small condo so we're talking about like uh and you know how like you know we downsize the couch just to give ourselves some more room and it's a dope ass couch i love the pull out idea but um we're talking about getting like a dining table that way like because kind of down like almost exactly like what you just suggested like we've been talking about getting a dining table because of how that how we feel like that's like an important thing like we make you know come home from work or whatever we make food or pick up food whatever the fuck it is but we got you know the baby or the kids sitting at the table and mom and dad sitting at the table and we all eat together until our plates are done then you don't have to worry about if the two-year-old's in, in her room and eating her food or playing or you know what i mean i think that's very important because i grew up that way we always we always ate at the dinner table every almost every single day. And had dinner time, right? Yeah, I'd get caught I'd be playing outside. My mom or my dad would say, Hey, get your ass in here, it's time for dinner, let's eat and then you know, we'd all eat together. It's important. Have... I think it's important and I'm I'm guilty of it myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Come home from work, sit on my phone for hours, totally disconnected. It's yeah, I I'd like to uh that's a great idea. I get it. Because we have no space either. I'm in the same situation. So this dining day, table, eat together. That's, that's I know, perfect. I know I've got all these hobbies and I got all this, like, I, I keep myself very occupied and busy. Like, I've always got 10 things on my mind. And, and the next thing is always, you know, like, I'm always, like, got something going on. But, like, 
to this day, like one of the things I like like the most, like I was bitching, I don't know, was that tonight or yesterday or the other day that I was like bitching about how like people don't show up or like, like when people plan stuff or like, especially like a barbecue and then they don't fucking hit you up. Like that's one of them things to me. Like I still just like enjoy like uh, turning a grill on, getting a bunch of food out and then like sitting with a bunch of people and like either, you know, hanging out, prepping the food, throwing it on the grill and then sitting down and eating the food and hanging out and just, you know, it's like such like a, I don't know why, like I, it, it could be family or it could just be friends. It's just always like, to me, there's always something like maybe not in the moment, but like, like a day or two later, it's one of the things I reflect on. I'm like, that's like, I don't know. I fucking love that. Like we just made this fucking pork roast or we just made this fucking, you know, rack of ribs. And then it sat around. Yeah. It's like, it's so simple, but it's like, to me, like quality. Yeah. I'm the same way. I just, I think that's kind of just boiled in human DNA is like being like tribal around people being tribal, building a community, being around the people that you like and trust. It's just, it's like fulfilling. Yes. You like know? you hang out with people and you're like, that was a fun day. That was a good day. Like if someone's like, if someone, if like, like the weekend's coming up because now I'm a fucking person only lives for the weekend for now. But like, like the weekend comes up and someone's like, hey, let's go to the movies. Let's go play putt putt. Let's go bowling. Let's go do this. Like, I'm always like, ah, fuck. Like, that's going to take up half my day. Like, do I want to take up half my day? Like, but if you're like, hey, like a bunch of us are going to get together and we're going to cook and hang out, I'm like, that's pretty dope. Like that's worth loading up the truck or, you know, stopping at the store. And like, so that's like always one thing in my head. Like that's just, that could just be me, but like, and it's funny. Cause like you just said, like a lot of people don't do that anymore. Like sit around the dinner table, hang out. Yeah. I think it's kind of an evolutionary thing because if you think about it, what do we do almost every single holiday? We all get together. We all hang out. We all eat. We all have a few beers or whatever it is. And, have fun christmas thanksgiving i mean labor day fourth of july whatever it is only when it's safe it's only yeah yeah only when it's safe right (laughs) but yeah um well i mean like we said bro let's get together sunday and get football ready dude i'm I'm stoked for football season and it's me versus you the first week in the big league bro it's meant to be yeah bro take down Half my team will probably be on IR after the first week. Nah, this is your year, bro. This is, I feel, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? Never give up. And what happened to you? You won that yeah. league. I know, bro. I was like 0-5 or 0-4, and you were like, never give up. And I was like, all right. Just don't. You don't have to lose. And I ended up winning that year, so. In that league. In that league. <laughs> Oh man, is there any closing statements? Is there anything for my uh, my three fans that you want to say? <laughs> Your three only fans? Yeah, God. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, man. I just thanks for having me. It's, picking up uh, traction. I hope you had fun. Yeah, it's pretty late here, so I'm gonna, you know, get ready for bed and go to sleep and keep on recovering. Yeah, you get paid to recover. It's fucking awesome. Did yeah, it's nice. Grateful. One last question. Are you going to listen to this? Are you going to listen to your own episode? Not right away. <laughs> see, see what your voice feels like? <laughs> Not right away. I don't want to know what I sound like. 
I feel like I, I like I I think I told you I read a statistic like seventy five percent of people don't like the way they sound when they listen to themselves. Yeah, man, I I I, I get it. I'm still getting used to it, but I just don't care. <laughs> and I've always been told my whole life I'm monotone. You have no energy in your voice, so I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm not, I do this. I'm the same way. Eventually. I'm the same way. I'm like excited as fuck, and I. And I'm like, man, I was excited. I was hyped. And then, like, I'll hear, like, the playback. And I just sound like one even keel level. I'm like, that's not what I sounded like in my fucking head. But <laughs> yeah, that's the story of my life. I could <laughs> I could have the greatest news and, you know, I'll be so happy in my head. And somebody will be like, wow, Bryce, you sound so excited to be the most sarcastic statement, you know. But <laughs> it's just the way I am, man. People just don't know how to take you sometimes. Well, you have a good night, sir. Appreciate for doing this. And uh, I'll see you around the neighborhood for sure. I'll see you around the block. Thanks for having me on. See you, crazy little cousin. Peace out. I think the podcast is fucking sick. If you're listening to it and you're like, you know, I don't know if I want to listen to the next episode of this podcast. You're probably a bitch ass. You need to listen to the next episode of this podcast. To keep listening to it um, because my friends down here are trying to make shit happen and we're going to make some shit happen.